Stop, children. What's that sound? This gun in my hand. The Magnum Radio Network has partnered with Pinebox Studios in Swarthingham, West Southwest London, for a production of the unforgettable Regency drama Henley's Away to Shropshire. I've met the most extraordinary fellow while drawing caterpillars in the barley fields. Callum is his name. Easy on the eyes, is he, Miss Bess? Drawn to each other through their shared love of entomology, thrust apart by the disapproval of their families and the rumor of a social vexation, Young Bess and Callum's joining seems so near to hand, and yet so far. Also, if she marries him, she'll lose her inheritance. My dear, you shan't find a more suitable choice than Bursley Flegworth. Why, if he attains the bishopric, Flegworth will have secured an income of forty pounds per year. Scalawags, the both of them. Bartholomew's father was forced to pay off the lad's debts from wagering on billiards, and his brother Callum the physician can't be asked to collect what he's owed from patients. He'll end up hawking all that fine furniture. Mark my words. You'll want your copy of the classic novel on hand as you listen, not only to experience a physical connection with its author, Corbington Whitby, but to follow along in the novel as you listen to the radio program. Without it, you won't make heads or tails of the indecipherable spoken performance. Can you believe Shirley Castle comes with Zeray Bellasconbury following on the Feast of St. Stephen, no less? I says to him, Elder, I says, that's better in chopped toad than a bit of port of a vicar of a Sunday, isn't it? Don't you think? It is, I do. Better than rations for your supper. Am I wrong? Though the story is 180 years old and known to all and sundry, no matter that everyone knows Bess's cousin, Violetta McPhersonbury, visits in the last chapter and explains it was all a misunderstanding that kept the lovers apart. Don't you understand what this means? The man who winked at her when she was 14 did not actually secure from her a verbal commitment to marriage. Quite. And the family members who wanted them apart have all finally passed on to their just rewards, so it won't interfere with her inheritance. Knowing that Bess unites with Callum after 18 hours of will-they-won't-they tension, you'll still marvel at this performance of the classic Henley's Away to Shrewsbury. Uh, uh, Shropshire? Henley's Away to Shroppinghamshire, is it? Surely. Starring Charters Caldecott, Alfred Sex Pestilence, Gwendolyn Flaxenotomy Holdsworth, Cardmore Bridgington's Cosm Tukes, and Julia Sawala. Oh, the yearning. Quite. Wind whistles through the narrow gap in the revolving door at Marksman and Spencer, one of the larger department stores in Parabellum City. The whistling stops briefly as Falk Ziljan, Inutterable hero by virtue of the fact that he carries a gun, pushes through into the lobby. Hot on his heels, he's followed by a man in a skin-tight red costume with a green half-cape, red domino mask, and an emblem on his chest. Which is difficult to see because it's red lines on a red background, but you can kind of make out it's a red elephant. As Falk stepped onto the department store's massive escalator. Mr. Ziljan, long time no see. Oh, hey there. Don't tell me, your name is on the tip of my tongue. You're the Roseate Rhino. I'm the Cherry Pachyderm. You gave me my name quite a while back. I remember your catchphrase, though. Leaping over logic in ways that make spring Jack green with envy. That's not mine, but I might take it. What brings you to the department store? There's an event I need to attend here in the main hall. It's supposed to be a lot of people there. Are you doing a bodyguard gig? That should be a nice payday. 
No, nothing like that. The, the Informatrix predicted something dangerous would happen at this event. I can't imagine what kind of clown is planning to establish his reputation by disrupting a bake-off. Say, as long as we're both stuck riding this escalator, I can tell you some ideas I had for your radio show. It's not a long escalator ride. We're almost to the second floor already. Yeah, but the main hall where you're going is on the top floor. Anyway, here's my list. Falk Ziljan travels to a magical, colorful land where he meets a scarecrow, a robot lumberjack, and a lion. The wonderful wizard of Aziljan. No, I don't think that's something I... Or a parody of the Thin Man. Or Falk Ziljan goes to Washington. The Hunchback of Parabellum City. Those don't appeal to me. Of Mice and Magnums. You could do gangster parodies. Angels with Dirty Faces. White Heat. Now you're just listing movies. Okay, here's a whole other direction. Little Ziljan in Dreamland. You know, like the comic strip, Little Nemo? I've heard of it. You could make fun of Country Bumpkins. Falk Ziljan meets Snuffy Smith and Lil Abner. You could send up Popeye, or Buster Brown, or Alley Oop. Comic strip characters wouldn't really fit the tone of my show. You don't think so? No. You keep suggesting parodies, as if this gun in my hand is a comedy. I don't think you understand the tone. I am as serious as a bullet. I know, but you don't want to get in a rut. It wouldn't hurt you to try new things. Me doing comedy would be like, I don't know, it would be like that time Matt Band was forced to wear a different colored version of his costume every day. The kind of thing you do when you run out of ideas. No, but this would be funny. Never mind. All right, here's the big one. Not the last on my list. I got plenty more, but this is the one I'm most excited about. Hit me. There is no such thing as chili. Powerful stuff, right? Chili is a myth. You've never had chili? That's not the point. How do you define chili? What goes into chili? Uh, beef usually. Ground beef or some kind of meat. Highfalutin places might have chunks of sirloin, spices, tomatoes, garlic, onions. I like it with mushrooms. You're describing tomato soup with some meat in it. Or the other direction they go is they skip the broth or tomatoes or vegetables, so it's just seasoned beef. Sure. Or a lot of times there's beans. No, it's not chili if it has beans. That implies that there is something called chili as long as it doesn't have beans. No, chili does not exist. There's soup or there's meat. Chili is a myth. So I go to a diner and order chili. They bring me something in a bowl. What do you call that? Almost always that's a meaty tomato soup that has had the nutrients drained out of it. And that's what it does to people who consume it. It drains the nutrients from our bodies, shortening our lives, eventually killing us if we eat too much of it. Well, problem solved. If it doesn't exist, then we can't eat it and it can't kill us. But you can see the danger I'm describing. This is a lethal dish propagated by a monstrous organization. You're worried about the cannibalistic humanoid underground fellers again? No, those don't exist either. I'm talking about the monsters of the National Restaurateurs Association, slowly decimating the population of these United States. Let's set aside whether chili is a myth. What kind of story would you build around that for a radio drama? What happens in the episode? Oh, no plot, really. I thought we could do a straightforward educational episode warning people about the dangers of chili. Which doesn't exist. Now you get it. If you want to educate the public, you can contact the studio for their prices on a 30-second or 60-second ad spot. Okay, then maybe I can sell you one of these other story ideas, and I'll earn enough to pay for a commercial. I don't think we're on the same page as far listen, as... Listen, listen. A group of British tourists passing through Parabellum City discovers a body and tangles Falk Ziljan in their murder mystery. They're in town attending a detective's convention. Sounds like an excuse to parody Sherlock Holmes, Miss Marple, the Belgian guy, Flavia Deleuze. I haven't heard of that last one, but yes, that's the idea. Pass. Wait, wait, I know you'll like this. Maverick, space cadet. Lots of rocket man jargon, tense radio exchanges. Stay on target, you're coming in too hot. Bail out, eject the escape pod. 
uh, dogfights in space, men who prove their men by belittling each other, comparing the size of their rockets, romance with a commanding officer. I mean, there's a woman who's a commanding officer because it's a whole new world with these space cadets. I don't do romance. You could have a secondary character who experiences the romance so you don't have to. I'm available. Next. You better hurry, we're at the fourth floor. Falk meets Matt Ben. Very popular character these days. He's in comics, radio, movies, novels. I don't think I'd get along with Matt Ban. We consider each other dangerous vigilantes who need to be taken down. That's great. Kids love stories where good guys fight each other. Could Tarzan beat Sinbad? Is the Phantasm more powerful than the Murderalizer? Well, that's the thing. I don't think Matt Ban is a good guy. Okay, I'm marking down that idea as a maybe. Here's another one. You could revisit heroes or villains you encountered in the past and see how they've changed in the meantime. Melba and Denise. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Villains. Uh, the Apple Cider Vinegar Consortium. Doberman and Kali. The PT Crew. I think Doberman passed away. Or I can't remember if the actor died in real life or just the character on the show. Well, one way to find out. Let's put that down as another maybe. Picture this. An Irishman and his crew of ten hoodlums make an elaborate plan to rob an underground casino, but their heist goes wrong. Why is it such a big crew? It gives it a catchy title. O'Shaughnessy's Eleven. So their plan goes wrong because I stop them and bring them to justice? No, this is sympathetic to the hoodlums. We don't want you stopping them. I'm not sure what your role in the story would be, actually. Then pitch that one to Ellery Queen. Here's a timely one. I call it the Devil Coin Gambit. A villain wants to establish Tasmanian devils as currency. No more dollars, pounds, shekels, drachmas. The only thing you can use to buy and sell goods or services are live Tasmanian devils. Mm, that's unique, but I think the public is fed up with all the abstract currency scams. Didn't most of those crash and fade away last year? No, there's still a lot of interest. Sixth floor, perfumery and stationery, wigs and haberdashery. Wait, one more. The Insufferables. A pair of villains who believe that suffering builds character. Their battle cry is, The Lord only gives us as much as we can handle, so handle this. They build character in society by inflicting suffering on the general public. That is weird. Yes. This is the least amount of objection you've reacted to anything I've proposed. I have a ton of notes on this one. It'd be a shame to let it go to waste. All right, write up a full script and give it to my agent, Gary. You won't regret this, Mr. Ziljan. Here's the seventh floor. I really have to get down to business. Uh, pachyderm? Of course. That's all I wanted. I wouldn't want to get in your way. Twenty-five cents is the entry fee, gentlemen. For that price, you get a small sample from each of the fourteen contestants. It's a real bargain. You're getting about as much as a whole meal's worth. And there's this Lazy Susan kind of thing they display the winning entries on. Sort of a carousel of medal winners. What's the contest? Don't you know? Gosh, I'm really falling down on the job. Welcome to the 17th annual Parabellum City Chili Cook-Off. Oh no. Citizens of Parabellum City, there is no such thing as chili. The chili cook-off is a lie. Carousel is a lie. You don't have to die. You can live. Live and grow old. Pachyderm, stop. Look, you're just confused because you're being too strict about categories and labels. It doesn't matter if there's some overlap between soup and chili, or if chili is a kind of soup. Or stew? Just, okay, how would you define a sandwich? Well, that's clear cut. Two pieces of bread with meat or other condiments in between. Or peanut butter and jelly doesn't have to involve meat. Right. So a hot dog is a sandwich. A taco is a sandwich. No. A pizza is an open-faced sandwich. You monster, what have you done? I made you think. Now go home and stew on that. Maybe next year you can go to Coney Island and disrupt the hot dog eating contest there. Sandwich is a lie. Pizza is a lie. 
Soup is good food. Escalating Pitch, episode 73 of This Gun in My Hand, was pitched and escalated by Rob Northrup. This episode and all others are available on YouTube with automatically generated closed captions of dialogue. Visit thisgunninmyhand.blogspot.com for credits, show notes, information on how to subscribe, and to buy my books, such as Little Heist in the Big Woods and Other Revisionist Atrocities. What's the big idea? This Gun in My Hand! This Gun in My Hand!